November 19th, 2010. It's the Watt from Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show. Uh, I'm in San Pedro, back from tour. Um, started off the show with something from John Coltrane's last tour uh, from Tokyo in 1966, Peace on Earth. Actually, the Live in Japan has two of them. This is the one from Sankei Hall. And uh, then we heard a Sapporo band called Flute doing Fat Law. And I've got with me guest Nez, Patrick Nesbitt, uh, via Skype, coming to you live from Sapporo, Hokkaido, hey, Japan. Hey there, Nez. How's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm getting back to... Uh, my Pedro life and uh, yeah what's like in the mid 50s although I was blessed with the weather of the tour in Japan there were 22 gigs in 22 days and only two days had rain in fact uh, this Sapporo uh, Sahikawa Gigs, which I was warned were going to be very cold, were very moderate days because of Hokkaido being so north. But then the last day, that's when the rain came down when you wanted to show me around, right? Yeah. But it, yeah, it wasn't it was like that. Mild, but, uh, yeah, so we got a bit of rain. It wasn't like that the three days before, though. No. It was beautiful. In fact, uh, didn't even much need a coat. What's it like now? You got snow? Not yet. No, probably next week. But actually, uh, today has been pretty much like it was last weekend when your hair is like a beautiful autumn day. Cold, but uh, very sunny. Huh. Yeah. It was my first time uh, to Hokkaido. First time to the two other islands there, too. Shikoku and uh, Kyushu. Yeah. So I got to see some places I hadn't before. And I got a lot of music from uh, bands I played with. Some I didn't play with, they just came up and gave me their music. Um, <laughs> I got to thank Naz here for like getting this whole thing together. As far as me being over there the last, I don't know, be three years in February. Yeah, brother, sister, daughter. Right, and that's it'll be six trips yeah. all together now. But that was this one was the first time you did a tour with with your own band. I mean, with the missing man. Yeah, I did uh, fifteen first 15 performances of my uh, third opera hyphenated man the other seven gigs I had to play littler sets because so many bands sometimes like this uh, the last gig of the tour was the We Jam Econo a mini festival and there was 11 bands so it couldn't play as long <laughs> that's okay very very interesting 
Well, we were very lucky to get uh, the last performance of uh, the album on the Saturday night in Sapporo, and then you did the. Uh, well, that's where I played with. Yeah, that's where I played with Fluke. And um, another band too that I played with the night before it's, that, and Asahikawa. Asahikawa, yeah, they, they've got a very uh, long name. name. <laughs> They're called Miss uh, Corner Q. I don't know what it's called. I can't pronounce it. Q Locotorsion? Something like that. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah. I'm not sure what it means. Miss Corner slash C plus L O L L O O Q T O R T I O N. Very interesting. Uh, also, their band was. <laughs> pretty trippy basically it's uh two drummers playing to some pre-recorded keyboards which might sound kind of corny ass and karaoke but it actually was really good yeah they're a great band kind of uh, reminded me of uh, mouse on the keys a little bit yeah i guess i wonder who does the keys is it them they do that ahead of time and then they I play would imagine drums so, too. Yeah, I think that's that's the deal. Yeah, I think so. This way, they don't have to have the burden of a keyboard they're player. They're in, incredibly intense, though. I mean, like the two of them <clears throat> just going at it. They're facing each other. The way they have the, the, the drum set up, the two of them are just facing each other at the front of the stage. Yeah, dancing yeah. around and stuff. And one, one drum kit, very tiny stuff. I think it's like a five-inch snare. And, yeah. You know, uh, tiny ass hi hat, and uh, but uh, uh, completely engrossing. I mean, as you say, you don't think it's going to be when you see them set up. You think, oh, what's this? But then you just can't take your eyes off them. Yeah, I thought they were from up north, from Asaikawa. I think uh, one of the guys is from Asaikawa. I think they're sort of, but uh, they may be based in Tokyo now. I'm not sure. Oh, really? Because somebody there was telling me they were a Sapporo band. Or maybe one of the guys was from there. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but the, yeah, but they don't live in up. Sapporo. Sorry? They they just came to Hokkaido for those two gigs? Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I know that I don't, one or two of them are, are from Hokkaido. Yeah. But you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of musicians that you bump into in... Uh, Tokyo, sorry, bigger bands. A lot of them come from Hokkaido. A lot of them moved down there. A lot, yeah, almost. A lot of the musician people I met in Tokyo were from smaller towns. Yeah, and they'd come there, sort of maybe like a how it is in Brooklyn or something, or Silver Lake here, California. Yeah, yeah, it's like London in the UK as well. Or like London, yeah. So people go there. So yeah. yeah Getting back to the connection, uh, Nez had uh, known these guys from Tokyo called Light, and uh, I had just done uh, Funanori stuff, started it, and so you uh, said we should make a split CD for your label. Yes. Nez has a label called Transduction Records. At the time, it was Irish 
based. But now it's Japanese based, right? <laughs> itinerant. Yeah. And anyway, so that's what got it started. Uh, as far as me uh, hooking up with the Light Brothers. Uh, then I came over and did a tour in February 2008 under brother, sister, daughter, Monkier. Monkier. But uh, actually, that's not how the band is now, but that was a kind of a improvisational thing with Sam Bennett on drums and uh, Kramer on fuzz bass. And I did 14 gigs in 14 days of just Honshu towns. But it was actually the first time I played uh, towns outside the big three, Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya. So it was very interesting for me. And uh, after that, I uh, took light for two legs of some U.S. tours I came back, uh, three of the gigs of that tour didn't have Sam Bennett on drums. It had uh, Yuko Araki. Yuko, uh, her husband, Shimmy, invited me over to record what was to become Spielgusher. All he has to do is give me one more mix of one poem. Not even a mix, really, because it's just... Uh, Mr. Meltzer by himself, but Richard Meltzer had given me 50 spoken word pieces. I brought them over there. In three days, we came up with 64 pieces of music. It was in May of 2008. And I came back again for the first uh, We Jam Econo mini festival, and I brought Nels Klein over. First time he had played. So Shimmy was... Uh, yeah, asking me, who's that guitarist on the first opera? And so, you know, you want to know him? Play with him. So I brought him over. And, um, yeah, that was at Mars, I think. It's in Juke. Yeah, Mars and Motion. The, the two, oh, the that's right. The were next door to each other. Yeah, I had to run between them, you know. <laughs> I wanted to see all the bands. That was very, uh, that was intense. That elevator, that tiny elevator. Yeah. I ended up using the stairs because that elevator was like two people at a time. <laughs> and um, after that, I came back for a summer thing to record with Jim O'Rourke. And then the following winter, I came and did the second Mijami Kano in Tokyo. But this time it was in uh, Shimo Kitazawa. And right after that, made a second brother-sister-daughter album. But uh, the four people from the first one, in addition, Yuka Honda. Uh, I got to stay with Mr. Shimi's new pad in Chitose Fubarashi, part of Tokyo. And man, just as a place where his little studio is in there is bigger than his entire pad. He lived in uh, Shima Takedo for 14 years. So I feel very happy for him there. Although he made the most of it, you know. I conked in that little room. When uh, we did the first one, first brother, sister, daughter album, 
Nels Klein came over. It was all three of us men in that little band. <laughs> yeah. But we did it. And uh, that was pretty amazing. Uh, Nels Klein coming right off the plane to do the gig, not even practice with us. He wrote a song, in fact. I can show you the sheet music. On the plane. Diamond Queen. Yeah, I think it's got another name now. Because there's I've been poetry. You could put poetry on it. So it kind of morphed. But he wrote that right on the plane. Coming over. And uh, after I left you in Hokkaido, I went back to Tokyo because I had to go to their wedding. Or I got to go. <laughs> uh, Nels Klein, Yukahanda, married. And now they want me to come to her 50th birthday in New York City the day after the uh, All Tomorrow's Party. Me, Tom, and Raul are going to debut Third Opera Transatlantic December 4. And they want me to do the whole Floored by Four album live with them to celebrate her 50th birthday. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, haven't done it since I recorded it. <laughs> no, no. The day after we recorded it, we did a, a gig of it in Central Park. So this will be the second gig. Oh. <laughs> I'll get to that later. Have you heard that? Did I give you one? No, I haven't. I've actually, I've heard uh, one tune off. It's only four tunes, isn't it? Yeah, they're pretty long. I wrote one for each. Yeah, one of them's twenty minutes. One for Dougie. Mine's only four minutes. I have a little one. Four or five minutes. I think the other two are ten minutes each. <laughs> oh, I'd like to hear. I've heard. I've read some good reviews. Okay, I'll float to you about it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I got to make connection with a world that was closer to my original roots. And uh, I'm indebted to you for that. Naz, thank you so much. Well, I'm just happy I could make the connection. Yeah. You know what? Let's listen to some of this. Uh, how do we say their name? Miss Corner C, C plus Q local torsion. <laughs> okay. Well, <I'm> <laughs> Thank you. 
For Pedro Show. Um, let's see. We just heard PC 125 BPM by Kayoka. Uh, Before that, Psychedelic Oki by Wakine. And start off with Prepared Perfect Ending by Miss Corner C Plus Lacortion. <laughs> no disrespect. But it's a little difficult to say that name. I'd love to know the origin <laughs> where they got that name. Yeah, uh, I'll find out. <laughs> all these bands, I wish I could uh, have discussion with them and understand what they're saying. You know, sometimes a little bit of language barrier. But actually, uh, a lot of them, you can tell they've had the English in the school. They might not be so good at speaking it. But they're not totally uh, ignorant of it. No, I think uh, a lot of Japanese, especially young people, you know, they they can understand pretty well. Some of them can speak it pretty well, but I think a lot of them are just they're nervous about making mistakes. And once you get talking to people, they start to open up a bit. Of course, it helps to have a bit of a nihongo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid to make a mistake. <laughs> That's for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Uh, well, that, that's how you learn. Uh, Kyoka, I've she's had me on a number of her songs, and I play bass on that song. Of course, uh, when you jam with her, you don't know how it's going to end up being. She's it's it's she calls it dance music. <laughs> she spends a lot of her time in Berlin now, and she plays these dance and raves. I, I wonder how people dance to this stuff. <laughs> But because uh, it's kind of brainy music, it's very experimental and interesting. So you've recorded with her before? Hmm. One time she came to a hotel room and I just played into her book. But the other one said I'd be here in Pedro and she would send me a track and I would play to that. So and it's more like that. The finished product. The, Even if I do it that way, I don't know how it's going to end up finished. You know, it's all... I don't know. Uh, I would say in parts, you know, for her to assemble and put together into her tunes, into her music world. The the other recording I did was the first time with these cats called Wakine, and I've played them a lot on my show, many of their songs, because, uh, I don't know, I love it. It's got a great feel to it. And um, just by coincidence, I was there in town, and their man, uh, Tack, said, hey, I put something together. I come to this studio. Well, they bring me there. And there's 13 cats waiting, uh, including them. And not even talking. I just plugged in the bass and started going for it. 
and they jumped on and played, and we did about three hours, morphing into different kinds of uh, themes, motifs, and they're uh, editing and assembling it now. Their man Ken, but uh, by the way, their man Ken knows stuff about healing and stuff, and really did a number on my on my knee. Uh, I'm starting to be, you know. Uh, now that I'm home and off tour, I'm starting to get the muscles back stronger. I've been doing uh, exercises on the stairs and, uh, you know, slow as it go, but I'm still kind of crippled up. But these guys, I mean, that was a great experience for me. Uh, you know, uh, they were all young people. <coughs> and uh, nothing jaded, nothing... <clears throat> all uh, force-fed about their thing. They just wanted to play, you know. They were happy to do. Uh, it was such a gift. So, uh, well, we're coming on the end of the first hour now, and uh, we're going to get to the this uh, festival we had a couple weeks ago there in your town there, Sapporo, Nez, and we can talk about that. That's it for the first hour of the November 19th, 2010 Watt from Pedro show. Hold tight for hour two. November 19th, 2010 is the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Watt from Pedro Show. We just heard all the bands uh, that played in the Wee Jammy Kano 2010 Mini Fest in Sapporo. That was on uh, November 7, 2010, at Sound Crew Live House. If you can, tell me how, how the lineup was put together for the mini fest. Uh, mostly, it was sort of myself and uh, Shimbo san from uh, Spiritual Lounge. So we we put together a, a list of uh, possible bands, and uh, it got whittled down. <clears throat> and eventually, uh, the lineup was settled on. And only two of the bands I chose were on there, but. Well, some of them were like the, the bands that we we chose were the same. There was a lot of crossover. Oh, and then you know, obviously one of one of the bands uh, had to pull out. That's right. But uh, you know, I've seen yeah. Uh, That's right. Jones. In fact, kind of an interesting, actually very depressing story. The, the guy got deported, the main guy in the band, yeah, Desenko Jones. Yeah. But the other two band yeah. members came. They were actually. Uh, all three guys in that band were uh, guy uh, guy gene foreigners. Yeah. And uh, but I think the uh, how long? Fifteen years. In in Sapporo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd been yeah, living a Canadian, there. Canadian, uh, a Brit, and an American. Unfortunately, a good friend John is uh, back in the states. Yeah. So. But uh, anyway, they would have loved to play it. But but I was seeing some of those bands for the first time myself as well. So, uh, you know, right. there's, there's a lot of bands in Sapporo. So. But we start off the second hour with Four Points doing a song called In the Box. Uh, Yuko guitar, Masakali guitar, Suke bass, Chibu drums. Actually, I remember, I mean, these guys went on at four in the afternoon. Yeah, did you know, you know Four Points? They were like... Uh, Oh, I've seen four points a few times. Yeah, they were. Um, I, I, I just thought for starting off a show and going for it. And then we heard Ken Boone by a Musica. A Musica, kind of like the last band with the, the the two two guitar bass drum thing. Satoshi on guitar, Hashimo on guitar, Kazoo bass, Uki drums, and. Um, they were a little more, uh, I thought uh, Four Points was more um, uh, an assault in uh, a musica, maybe a little more sensitive. I don't know, do they use this word emo <laughs> over there? They certainly do. but Because uh, emo to me, uh, do you remember this band, Rights of Spring? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that word is so stupid. It's like saying this is emotional music as if any other music isn't. Yeah, but that, I remember... They well, I know the, where they're coming from. I remember that was the first time I heard it used. In fact, we played with them. Yeah. I played Guy's bass. I'm pretty sure it was Guy's bass. Mm. <laughs> but because something was wrong with mine. I remember the neck was shattered, so some notes really vibrated weird. <laughs> there was cracks in the neck. It wasn't shattered, but... Uh, yeah, there was breaks, so it was pinching on the back of uh, in my palm. Yeah, from the from the back. Um, this guy uh, had a trippy bass, 
that was like a beetle base, but it was solid body and kind of full scale. The the bass players, you know, I kind of uh, biased. <laughs> I look at first, but this. Uh, uh, after that, we heard the Lumdies, which was a trio with yeah. no bass. And they, uh, they did a song called Zigzag here. But uh, I had just, you know, I wanted to see all the bands, you know. So it's up and down the, <laughs> where you stayed in the room was on a different floor than the gig. So up and down the stairs. And the, the setup times of these bands were so fast. Now we... Uh, thing about over there is uh, using the same equipment, uh, much different than here in the U.S. For one thing, the clubs don't have their own set of equipment, which is very common about the live houses, which makes it great if it's on the seventh floor, or, so you don't have to bring the stuff up or these tiny little stairways. So you use this gear that's there, so the changeovers can be qu quite quick, and. Uh, Actually, I was, uh, you were spinning the record. So between Four Points and Music, I, kind of, I stayed up there and uh, watched them both. But I came down the stairs after Music. I, I mean, I, I dug both bands. But I came down the stairs, and uh, which is kind of scary because you can go uh, up. You don't have to worry about going too fast upstairs. But you can. Got to worry about it going down. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I get down there, taking my time, you know, being careful. And then Tom Watson comes running up to me, and he says, "You got to come up here and see this band." I mean, they're they are already playing the the Lumdies, and I know I knew something a little about Lumdies because the night before at the Hall Spiritual Lounge, this guy who maybe from Australia originally, he makes films. He says that I had to see this band because he uses them in his films. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, I think they're in one of the movies, yeah. Are they actually in it, or are they just playing the music behind? It's a, uh, They're actually in a play, and they're playing themselves, but uh, Hiroto, the uh, singer-guitarist, uh, is a sort of lead acting role in the, in the movie as well. <laughs> he was quite showman. Yeah, Hero on guitar, uh, Omea on guitar, Sally on drums. Uh, he was, uh, there's a bar in front of the stage. He was walking this thing, yeah. you know. It wasn't a bar like, uh, it was metal pipe, you know, with some foam rubber on it. He was, it wasn't like walking the bar like John Coltrane had to do. It was literally balancing himself while he's playing harp and guitar. Quite a, quite a showman. But these guys yeah. didn't. Uh, they used the same dr drums as we all did, but uh, they brought their own little amps. He had these old, to get these bluesy sound. They were really uh, with the blues kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but still kind of angular, I think, as well. They were, uh, his guitar style was really interesting. I, <laughs> I think they're a great band. Yeah, yeah, he could whoop it up and... Uh, Watson was totally enthralled. So I, I dug it too. <laughs> the drummer too has a unique <laughs> kind of a Nick Knox style, but like she was, God, it might have like one of them little Shriner cars in the parades. You know, they use them little cars, and uh, 
like she's pushing herself along. It's a very upright kind of style with the hands swinging. And they all, uh, he, um, Hero sang most of them, but they all had their own little signature songs too, I guess, for their persona. Yeah, I'll, I'll trade them, do both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I went down the stairs again, you know, and right away I start hearing the music coming up. I mean, maybe I was just slow motherfucker. No, I mean you were you were playing yeah you were playing music between. Mm. Uh, I only really got to hear it between the first two bands, but uh, you were just p- playing stuff from your collection, or yeah, yeah. Until it got to later on, I think you know about like to think I played the Coltrane before you played. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. But I get back up the stairs. <laughs> Again, and it, it it was Aeroscream, and we just yeah. and we uh, played here. Uh, Never enough. Juno guitar, Mashiro guitar, Iaho bass, Utaka drums. That this drummer, uh, <laughs> he was uh, kind of a Mitch Mitchell type. Like I'm gonna show you everything I know, kind of. But humble. <laughs> I mean, I talked to him after, and he was very humble and stuff. But man, he was like whooping it up and you can tell on yeah. this recording here how they play it up this had the guy the one guitar again you know the two guitar thing but uh, I said this before that they played a weird anti-lead guitar style both of them this was just, usually one guy backs down and lets the other go off but like they both like uh, kind of vacuum guitar and the, the one cat had a fro yeah, just to show you, uh, uh, it's not all look yeah. same. I mean, uh, that <laughs> it's kind of like what I had. Mine was bigger, but uh, in high school, that's how my hair would grow if uh, I didn't cut it. Uh, George Hurley too, and even more. His his was like a sphere, <laughs> like a helmet. <laughs> it was great in high school. He had this giant. Uh, mine was kind of big, but my curls are bigger. His got uh, smaller. And uh, this cat reminded me. Like, he, I remember him dropping a pick, too. And uh, it took the longest time to get it up. I, I think it, it was part of the style they had, of this driving rhythm section and then leaving holes. Mm. And it was, yeah, interesting. Uh, material is next again but this time some guy and it was weird I started meeting him coming up and down the stairs and he actually started giving me a lift with his shoulder (laughs) he was like the moon shuttle conductor (laughs) to help me (laughs) it was kind of kind of wearing me out also uh I, I I was I didn't even get to the room this time. There was some cat selling these his version of Mexican food, something. There were these skinny hot dogs. Oh yeah, yeah. in a tortilla yeah. <clears throat> with some kind of sauce mm. and lettuce and daikon, shredded daikon. And the sauce was trippy. Uh, yeah, like I it had no Mexican taste in it, but uh, there was some no. habanero sauce, you know. 
which, like, you never see that in Europe. So, Mishimi gave me this stuff. You know, Yuzukosho I've used a lot, and it's not a lot of heat, but somebody's came up with this stuff called Yuzosko, where it's the Yuzo. Yuzo is like this uh, kind of citrus fruit over there. They're, mm. they're like big wrinkled lemons. And uh, yeah. they make kind of a pepper out of it. But this it mixed it with the chili, so uh, with the habanero, so it was heat with this uh, citrus flavor. Very interesting. Mm. I mean, there's been some Caribbean ones with lime juice. I put lime juice in my... my uh, chili sauce but this is very interesting so anyway I had one of these things he cooked them he cooked the, the, the dogs up in this pan and then rolled them up in this kind of tortilla kind of pita yeah it was like a pita bread <laughs> but a thin one and uh, so back up the stairs and it's a band called Material and we played I Was a Boy here uh Kind of standard lineup for the festival: two guitars, and bass and drum, Zaki guitar, Tama Yo guitar, Kinzo bass, Washa drums. But the what struck me right away, I mean, another Rickenbacker bass. Kay would have been. I think the guy was playing a Rickenbacker guitar too. Uh, but the the, the bass man had painted words on his shirt which I hadn't seen in a long time. This is what me and D. Boone did when we first were punk rockers. Was You made your own clothes. You know, there's pictures from England and stuff that a little more interesting. The Ramones seemed to have a kind of a uniform. Uh, mm. And uh, actually, Richard Hell, uh, he painted right on his own skin, but on that album cover. But his shirts had more designs. But we like this idea of the words. And, uh, yeah, getting clothes at the thrift store and ripping them up and painting on them. And this guy, I, I couldn't read what it said. Uh, it was in English. It was in English, yeah. yeah and it was using our alphabet. And, it, and <clears throat> I told you, I, th I think it was, he did it opposite because where the letters were was his shirt. And so it was kind of a, he, he cut out the letters and then spray painted around them. Which was opposite of us. We used stencils, right, yeah. and just <laughs> like to put your name on an amplifier or, or a bass case or something. We used to paint on there, and Deep Boom would write with magic marker. On I remember one time we were playing the Anti Club, and he had on his shirt it said "Fight using your balls," and I I was like, "Do you think people are going to know what that means?" And he goes, "Look, it's not my job always to tell." people what to think and I was I, I said yeah that's <laughs> you know sometimes you just got to put stuff out there and so I was like yeah, okay <laughs> that's pretty loose I mean that you know there's enough uptight stuff coming from everyone um, but anyway uh, I was uh You know, I had Richard Hell as a guest on my radio show. He was my first punk rock hero. I put a picture of him on my bass way back then, and I got a lot of shit for that by uh, rock and roll people in my town. And I, that's at that point was when I decided I didn't care anymore what people thought. Because believe it or not, it, it was kind of weird. You were joining a minority kind of thing. 
uh, where you're going to take blows. Mm. It's it's hard to describe it now because people are so open-minded about punk, but they were not in those days, especially people, you know, fellow rock and roll people or whatever. And uh, anyway, I had Richard on my show. I went to his apartment and I asked him about the clothes. And he got really kind of weirded out by that, you know. But the the clothes were a big deal to us in a way. The clothes were a way of us, I know this sounds like a stretch, but to have confidence, try and write our own songs, try to come up with our own sound. I know because clothes sound like trendy and superficial. But it, How about find your own identity? The, uh, yeah, well, the, the way they were making up their own clothes... You know, it was a very original thing. They weren't going, uh, they, they weren't being designed, but uh, wearing designs by other people. You know, they were making their own clothes up. And it seemed like to go hand in hand, yeah, with what you say, your own identity. Although we know what it turned into. Uh, you know, I played this stage on Warp Tour a couple of years ago called Hot Topic. And I thought it was about debates or some shit and found out <laughs> told me it's as close to at the malls where you can dress they they let you know uh, they'll sell you punk clothes you yeah yeah you can dress different just like everybody else <laughs> so boy yeah anyway uh yeah you know four of the five bands i've mentioned all had the same kind of lineup but I, I said to you before, the the Hooskers and Meat Puppets and Minutemen, we all were all trios using the same lineup. And you could f- have your own sound. Uh, I don't think yeah. it was... Uh, well, it's not much of a stretch to do that. It's like, a, oh, you all use typewriters. Why don't you use, write the same novel? And the next band, Cigarette Case, uh, the same kind of lineup, but the uh, bass player sang in this band. Uh, Chisato, and then uh, Yohei guitar, Yuji guitar, Mao drums. This is the band we saw when we came in for sound check, and I guess we saw the three that live in Tokyo that came back yeah. for the gig, and then the, the the guy who stayed in Sapporo, he showed up. I, I was really impressed by his. <laughs> he was pretty wild, and I remember talking yeah, to him. Up, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the song we heard was Kampasu. I was talking to him. His guitar uh, is called A Thin Line. And the the first guy I saw play A Thin Line was uh, the cover of the Curtis Live album, Curtis Mayfield. And I, I, I talked mm-hmm. to him a little bit about that, and I don't... No, sure if he was thought I was nuts or, not, or, or was new and was convinced... I was nuts or something. But then finally, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think it made sense a, a, a little bit. I was t- talking about the kind of guitar in this uh, musician from the old days. Actually, you know who turned me on to that album was Dezo, who uh, ended up singing oh, and playing guitar in Black Flag. Yeah. Right. yeah. He also had a band with Paul Rossler. But, uh, yeah... These are these are the people that had left, but still have the band. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't fully understand the situation, but uh, I thought they were really good. They were um, 
they were full tilt. They were going at it really like, like I kind of like power coke pop or something like that. They were really uh, fast. And uh, the lady on bass and vocals, she had it well together, really good. Yeah, but uh, going back to the Warp Tour thing, I, I wouldn't say it was one of those kind of. No. No, she sang in Japanese as well. So it was, uh, Although the Warp Tour, sometimes you see some bands that break out, but it seems to like coalesce. Uh, I, there was a band we played with in Kagoshima. I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa. You know, this Descendants elaboration kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they uh, also the singing in their own language. All, almost all the bands did. I think maybe Lumdies would sing English sometimes. Yeah, I think half of the songs in uh, English have Japanese. But uh, yeah, in case, yeah, I don't know. I know maybe you could compare them to that sort of a strand of uh, bands, but uh, I think they had their own sound, like all the bands on the. Right, right. I, I said emo before because I looked up on the web some of those things, and they, they call themselves emos, these bands. But I wouldn't. <laughs> It's not like Fallout Boy or something, or yeah. Anyway, that's how that's useless. You know, MySpace uh, gives you these categories, and you have to fill them in or something, you know. And uh, so they should probably <laughs> pick tropical music or something like that. Two step. Yeah. Yeah. And now uh, the next band, Desert, uh, they played something live here. You said it was from their first gig called Entryway. Uh, they're a much different lineup. They had uh, Sushi on sax, uh, Junpei on sax, Suke, guitar, AG, drums, Iga bass, Iga bass. And, um, yeah, they were kind of a funky band. Great the, the guitar was still, uh, it wasn't buried, but, but it was more of a rhythm guitar a driving kind of thing. He had some problem with his pedals and stuff, just kept going. Yeah. At first, I thought that was part of the sound and uh, the, the staff. You notice a lot of staffs at the live houses are ladies. It's, it's, yeah. It's not like that in the U.S. A little more. Yeah, running on stage to pick cymbals <laughs> yeah, and cables yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're mixing. Yeah, that, yeah, that Kagoshima gig, we had this lady, tiny lady, man. She did a great sound. Um. Uh, but this band here, yeah, they, they uh, the alto player sometimes would play synthesizer, and uh, yeah. it was the first time I'd seen them play, and they absolutely blew my head off. So that must have been a pick from Shimbo or something. Yeah, and, and uh, they ended up at the Chow too. And finally, we had disco yeah. uh, disco torsion, where uh, <clears throat> you know. I don't know, it's like my 19th time up and down the stairs, and I, I see the two drums. There was a drum set starting to get built. Every time I'd get up the last couple of bands, I would see more and more of these drums added. And then, you know, on the th uh, they weren't on the stage. They were in the crowd by the one of the PA columns. And then they brought it up, and it was two drum sets. And kind of, you know, I had a little sense of the boredoms. But... Uh, Really, their their own thing. Disco Torsion, <clears throat> Takahiro. It says uh, vocals and guitar, but he only did uh, singing. And uh, 
kind of a Christ-like figure conducting the band a little bit. <laughs> who would not Darby style would not put the microphone to his mouth, which was great. Uh, Satoshi on guitar and keyboards. He was wild. He seemed like his kind of lieutenant. The, uh, there was another guitarist that's not listed here, that tall man on the side doing all the leads during the time. So yeah. he, he will re, uh, remain unnamed. Uh, Kazuromo on uh, bass. Uh, he was very wild. He had a, a big, uh, fuzzy sound. Uh, then he went to guitar for the last song. They had three guitars. No, the other guy went to the synthesizer. And then the two drummers, Nozomi and Now, I guess. Um, and a song from their uh, new CD, Damn. It's called Damn. And uh, they were really... Uh, you, you say these guys even tore off the island. They actually get out of town, right? Yeah, yeah they, they go You could tell a little more... Uh, of the gig thing. Yeah, a little bit of buttholes too, I was thinking. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But their own son, yeah, the when I saw them in the older days. Not the real old days. The buttholes changed a lot I too. Can, they morphed. Well the two drummer thing and it's so heavy I can see the comparison. But uh yeah, very intense band. <laughs> kind of uh frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was right up front. I, I didn't watch any bands, in fact, from uh, the back. I got up front. I thought nobody had hurt a guy on a crutch. And uh, I didn't get hurt. And that way, I, I think I got to thank everybody who played, which was important to me. It's what I've done with the other two Uh I want you to talk a little bit about what a band has to do to play in Japan that's from Japan. The, the scene different than uh, in the U.S. or England or uh, Europe. Yeah, it's it's set up it's set up a bit differently here because uh, you got to play in these live houses and uh, they're, they're kind of custom built venues. They're soundproofed really well. They have got great equipment. As you said earlier, they've, they've got their own uh, usually all you know really good stuff. But it's pay to play, so all of the bands gotta uh, pay in order to play, which is you know kind of shit to be honest with you. But it can be really expensive, like you know twenty thousand yen. Yeah. On a on a on a Saturday night, twenty thousand yen. I mean that's you got to bring in X amount of people, and even then when you bring in more people, you got your fee covered. The venue will probably try and take a cut you know any money you make you know and uh it's i think it's amazing how great the music scene is here especially you know the underground music scene is that people are still you know getting it together and they have the spirit to do it in spite of all these factors which are you know uh conspiring against them it's pretty difficult to be in a band over here you know it's expensive and it's expensive to tour, especially if you're from Sapporo. Yeah. I know the roads have big tolls. Yeah. Uh, in fact, for us to do 22 gigs in 22 days was kind of unheard of. 
Definitely. Um, you know, I mean, to, 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 some of the towns you went to on this tour, I'm pretty sure they probably wouldn't have seen a US band play there. Like Asahikawa. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, that was a great thing about this festival, you know, I think it was really inspiring, especially, you know, coming up here, so far north, inspiring a lot of the bands that were here then, you know, maybe had Fugazi play here in the 90s, but there hasn't really been much apart from, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I was all eight of these bands, and then, uh, you know, us three of the unit went up there, and it was a good time. What a way to end the tour. Uh, four yeah. Points, Musica, Lumdies, Aeroscreen, Material, Cigarette Case, Desert, Disco Torsion, uh, Shimbo there at the Sound Crew, you, yourself, Naz. I, I'm just so grateful. Of course, Kazuto-san for pulling the whole tour and deal together. I, I think it, it, it was the We Jam Econo mini festival thing was his idea. I remember him yeah. asking me for the 2008 one. Uh, well, you got to do it next year now. Yeah, of course. Got to pick a different town, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll do. Uh, I know you got a bail now, and uh, we're coming up then, end of the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show for uh, November 19th, 2010. Uh, thank you again, Brother Nez. And hang tight for hour three. November 19th, 2010. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
from Pedro's show. Started off the third hour with some music from bands that uh, played with me and my missing men on this hyphenated man in Japan tour. October, November 2010. These bands here were from the most southern of the four big islands of Japan called Kishu. And uh, we started off with a Kumamoto band called Do It Science and a tune called Technology, followed by another uh, Kumamoto band called Trial Air and a tune called Iriza. Uh, here, here they are from Family. Family uh, we played within Fukuoka. And then Lubick Cave House with a tune called Ten. And they were uh, with us in Kagoshima. Now, the smallest of the four islands is Shikoku. And uh, here's three bands we played with there.
Watt from Pedro Show. Some music uh, from uh, some Shikoku bands that uh, me and my missing man got to play alongside. Of course, with our brother's light, they played every single gig with us. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these bills sometimes, yeah, 11 bands on the bill, seven, eight, six. So I, I got to see a lot of underground Japanese bands. And for the first time, uh, not just Honshu, you know, uh, the three smaller islands that make up the big four of Japan. Uh, these Shikoku bands, first thing you heard was Parallel Soul by Soma. Soma, great band. I mean, all these bands I loved. Uh, these cats, uh, yeah, it was in Matsuyama. And then um, Namita next, that means tears. And a tune called Himizu no Koro. And that was in uh, Tokushima. And a great cat named Ism sang for them. And we got to conk at his pad. And that's the first time I got to put my... Uh, <coughs> Chuck Taylor's in uh, Japanese beach sand. That was trippy. Uh, last New Year's I went to some cliffs at uh, Inobosaki. Up by Chelsea City, but first time in the sand and of course uh, I wanted some surf to wash up on them but not you know go over the ankles so when I tried to get back with this fucked up knee I, I tumbled and got sand in the camera which is why I had to get another one in Osaka <laughs> uh, finally uh, another band from uh, the Matsuyama gig uh, Forget Me Not great band uh, with Yutsu no Hato uh, I think that's Pigeon Depression or something. And, uh, yeah, Cat from their band has a great label. He gave me a bunch of uh, uh, releases from him. Play them uh, next time. Uh, but um, so many kind people I met on the tour and so many people excited about music. You know, it's really, really wonderful. Yeah, here's his label here. His name was Akinori. Uh, not the light drummer Akinori, but another one. <laughs> Great guy. I think it's uh, Impulse Records, yeah. Everybody knows about Impulse, right? John Coltrane's records. But this is just slightly different. Uh, now some uh, bands I'm going to play from uh, Honshu, the Big Island. Uh, what from Pedro Show?
Watt from Pedro Show. Some uh, Hanshi bands we got to play with, me and my missing man, uh, on this uh, Hyphenate Man in Japan tour. Uh, start off with a couple bands we played with in Toyama, and one of the oldest live houses still going in Japan called Pepperland. Great folks there. Actually, all the live houses had very, very kind people. Fuck. What? I'm fucking doing the radio show. It's Richard fucking Bonnie. <laughs> okay. Come on. Okay, back to <laughs> He's beautiful. I love Richard fucking Bonnie. I'll spiel with him later. But uh, back to this, yeah. Uh, started with Yoles in the Sky and a tune called Oh My Balance. And then we heard Riders by Ketch. Ketch actually at the gig played solo with the guitar singing. and He was great. Both bands. Fantastic. Uh, then we played uh, uh, well I did <laughs> something from Sendai a band called Nameme tune called Me Kara Bibi Dan and man the guitarist in this trio uh, he could pull some serious faces he was <laughs> intense it was earlier in the tour and uh, Sendai Beautiful town. All these towns, really good. One of the righteous things about this tour was me getting to see all these different parts of Japan and uh, different cultures, different chows, uh, different uh, ways of making music. and Everybody very, very interesting. Uh, then a couple bands from Matsumoto, kind of where near where Mr. Shimmy's from in Nagano. Doronko, uh, song by Slum. Slum is, we got to conk at their pad, you know, it was kind of like my U.S. style of touring where I'm at people's pads and young people in this band, uh, very interesting conversation after the gig, you know, uh, getting to share in on that too and the good chows that were, what they call it, handmade. <laughs> and uh, just having a good old time and learning from them. And then finally, Gollum by Mant. And Mant had the, uh, drummer of the Anks playing bass this time. The Anks was the band that played there uh, Club Alex Matsumoto uh, when I was there in February 2008. And uh, name is an acronym uh, for slot of each band member. Uh, it's good to see him again. Now I'm going to play you some music from uh, two bands that aren't from Japan. But uh, they played with us in Japan on this tour at a BC Shank from Ireland about nine gigs or something and Tara Melos from Sacramento, California uh, for about six gigs and they're not from Japan but we played with them there and uh, they're just greatest bands have very happening, very uh, original and uh, full of life and I don't know, just inspired me to no end and they are also very righteous cats, so here they are
Okay, that was Oyasumi by Adebisi Shank. And after that was uh, A Spoonful of Sorry by Terramelos. Uh, that's all the time we got. I had a great tour. 
great time in Japan. Fifteen times with the third opera. Can't wait to bring it to the U.S. Uh, well, the first time is going to be Sunday in a couple days. Big respect to Tom and Raul. Of course, the Light Brothers, Mr. Lou Barlow, uh, for working with Tom and Raul uh, last week. He, he's one of my favorite singers ever. Big respect, Lou. It's been the November 19, 2010 edition of the Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs> 